My Mac is definitely picking it up. I think it's a siren or something. Are you sure they're not coming for you? It's always like, it's always it's always it's always on the agenda. You have to be ready. You have to be ready. Hey, man. I just want to take another look at you. to the popcorn for dinner podcast and welcome to your favorite traveling circus that's right we're talking about one of my absolutely favorite actors the grammy and bafta winning tony nominated and eight time could be as high as 10 when you're listening to this oscar nominee bradley charles cooper later we're going to give our top three bradley Cooper performances and i hope you enjoy that but before then we're going to talk about one of his two films currently out, Nightmare Alley. Unfortunately, we accidentally roofied Jibs last night and we can't find him. So returning to help me find him is one quarter of our wolf pack. It's family! <laughs> yeah, I was not involved in the roofing of anybody. I am not in that cesspool of a city called Bristol. So leave me out of it. Fami, how, how have you been? You obviously were on our Leo episode. A couple of weeks ago. Yeah. How have you been since then? I've been good, man. I survived a snowstorm. There was a snowstorm? Um, dude, it was a bad one. It was, uh, I don't know how many inches. I never know what people say when they say so many inches of snow, but it was a bad one in uh, New York, all the East Coast in general. I didn't know, I didn't know about this. Because you're out here worrying about Boris Johnson going to some party or the other. That is true. That is true. We need to we need to we need to be worried about that because or I cannot I cannot give less of a like I do not care. Uh, anyway, um this is some quick admin and then we go into the episode. Um first of all Ibuka was meant to be on this episode but he's very ill or at least that's what he says. And I'm trying to beat the slave master allegations that have been levied against me. So I didn't ask him to come on the episode, even though he was sick. Yeah, obviously, Ibuka feel better. Um, yeah, we're currently in, in movie season, and we've had some friends come over to talk about some of our favorite films of last year. So if you're new to the podcast, please go listen to some of the older ones. We released an episode last week on Dune, featuring lots of love for Zendaya and Rebecca Ferguson. We discussed 2021's musicals. Um, last time Fami was here, we spoke about Don't Look Up and gave our favorite Leo DiCaprio performances. So like, there's a, lot, there's a lot of episodes for you guys to go back and listen to, and I really hope you find them fun and enjoyable. Um, yeah, and whatever platform you're on, please follow us, rate and review us. But yeah, like we're going to talk about, like I said, Nightmare Alley, and then later we'll give some Bradley Cooper rankings. So let's, let's, let's just go straight into it. Let's talk about Nightmare Alley. Did Pete teach you things? Yes. He was older, wasn't he? He was old enough to be your father. I think we've done enough. Did you ever stutter as a child? No. Just you have a slight movement, compulsory movement. Your head moves up and down ever so slightly in Humphreys. Was he ever inappropriate or abusive Shut to you mouth. as a Shut child? Shut your mouth. All right, Stanton, answer me. Humphreys took my mother away because my father wasn't man enough to hold on to her, all right? Bible spouting hypocrite, always selling his tall tales about Jesus and a happy afterlife. What do you 
yourself. I'm a hustler and I know it. I'm on the make and I know it. Get it? I'm nothing like my own man and I never will be. Never. That word again. We're going to work on that. Co-written and directed by Guillermo del Toro, starring Bradley Cooper, Kate Blanchett, Rooney Mara, Ron Perlman, William Dafoe, Richard Jenkins, David Strathairn. I don't know if I'm forgetting anyone else. Um, yeah, what do you think of the movie? Wait, b- before I give my thoughts on this movie, he's been nominated for eight Oscars? I did not know that. Yeah, um, I believe six acting and two produce. No, 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 sorry, five acting. Then two producing for producing American Sniper and A Star is Born. Uh, and one screenplay for A Star is Born. Uh, and I believe the acting ones are, this is off the top of my head, I believe the acting ones are Silver Linings Playbook, American Hustle, American Sniper. What else will it be? A Star is Born. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm missing something. Um, Hangover, maybe? Or Limitless? Maybe. Definitely no, neither <laughs> of those two. Uh... And yeah, right now, obviously, by the time people listen to this, the Oscar nominations will be out. So, but he could go as high as ten or eleven this year, or maybe stay at eight. We'll see. Anyway, yeah, what do you think of the movie? Um, I mean, so out of all the buildings, the part I was um most excited for wasn't actually Bradley Cooper's performance, and I know that's what we're here to talk about. It was more about who was directing it mm-hmm. because he has produced some um movies that I really, really like. He, you know, was involved in Hellboy. He was involved with Blade, which I didn't really like that much yet. And more importantly, he was inv- was involved in Pan's Labyrinth and The Shape of Water. So those two, um, last two are a good enough. Like, Bankari is looking at me funny. Are you a Shape of Water head? I'm not a Shape of Water head, but like, I appreciate a good movie. I don't like Shape of Water. It, it won best. It won best picture, right? Yeah, over fucking Get Out. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not salty about that. Jesus. Actually, Christ. let me think about that a bit more. Let me think about that a bit more. I said it, and once I said it, I felt like I said something wrong. But I had to think about that a bit more. Oh, sorry. I just, I just realized the the last um, Oscar nomination is for producing Joker. So he was a producer on Joker, and Joker got Best Picture. He was. Yeah. Also, why did that win Best Picture? He got nominated for Best Picture, and I don't even want to get into it. Please, let's not even. I. Yeah. I, I like the movie, but whatever. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get to that. Um, anyways, tangential. Um, yeah, so apparently you're a shape of water head. That's that's something I, I did not know about you, but okay. I'm not a shape of water head. Okay. I just go like off. I guess the movie. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I was excited for uh, the movie, and overall, I felt like it was a good movie. But I don't know. I felt like it's one of these movies where I walked into expecting more. And I was let down in my head by it not meeting my made-up expectations. This is... But it was still a good movie. Twice in a row you've done this now. I, I know, I know, I know. Your movie wrecks have fallen off since fucking... Um, or... Your, your TV show wrecks are good, but your movie wrecks, for me, they've been, they've been missing you, recently. It's not my fault that you're going into Nightmare Alley having all these expectations of, like, Shape of Water. First of all, this movie is Shape of Water. I don't even need to go into this argument with you. It is. But okay. It's what? Um, it's Shape of Water. This it's is not... Better. Okay, okay. I think we've understood the line that we're just not going to cross in terms of discussion because I'll fly away and we'll start fighting. I liked the way the plot progressed. Like, that I'll give to this movie. I liked kind of how... Is this a spoiler-free? Yeah, oh, shit, sorry. I forgot. Yeah, obviously, this is a spoiler-free conversation. My game to spoilers a bit oh. later, but I'll, I'll, I'll give a warning for that if we do do that. Okay. But, yeah, so kind of how the movie starts, you know, when he goes to the carnival and... I mean, if you know the movie, you know what I'm talking about, that grotesque thing that happened at the beginning. It, once that scene happened, I was like, why is this scene, like, 
important. But the more the movie went on, the more I was like, okay, I can kind of see where this is going. And I'm, even though I know where the movie's going to go, I'm still invested in the journey. I don't know if that makes I kind of saw it like as a kind of story, you know, some motherfucker who is trying to do the most, blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah, I'm sure I just spoiled to the Lord by saying, yeah, all I don't that, know why you. I'll give a shit. So I've always seen this film more. Unlike you, I'm not really a Guillermo del Toro like person. I didn't that I should probably watch Pan's Labyrinth eventually. You haven't seen I mean this conversation is moot then. I'm not really a I'm not a monster movie person, right? And Guillermo's always or at least the the idea of him has always been like a monster movie director and like I watched Hippopot obviously. I I thought Hippopot was was fine as a movie. But then I hated it more because it was going to beat Get Out for Best Picture. Or rather, it was obviously beating Get Out for Best Picture. And I was like, so I hated the movie more for that. Like, if it was a movie that was just on its own, I would probably have been like, okay, that's fine. But I quite liked this, because, especially because it's, it's, just a, it's just a story. Just a thriller story, right? Just a noir. It's not like a monster movie. And I quite like this movie. I've only seen it once. But, again, avoiding spoilers, my enjoyment of this movie was heavily dependent on the last half hour of the movie. And I think, first of all, I think it absolutely nails the ending. As I went on in that last half hour, I was like, oh, okay, this is a fine movie. Oh, okay, this is a good movie. Oh, I'm really enjoying this movie. I was like, oh, what? This is, like, really good. And, like, I think, I think it was Guillermo that said that, like, they felt like they didn't nail, like, the entire movie depended on nailing that ending, right? And I think, not even just, like, the ending, but, like, the, literally the last scene. Yeah. Yeah, here, here that that's kind of my point about like how like I liked where it was, I liked mm-hmm. what it was building up to, but like I felt like the, okay, I attempted to watch this movie twice. The first time was a few days ago, and the beginning was just kind of boring for me. Mm-hmm. Like it started off being like, "Ooh, that's an interesting scene," and then I just kind of got you know setups, character introductions, blah blah blah. I, I lost interest and stopped watching, and then I decided to come back again because I knew you attacked me if I came here. I said I haven't watched this movie, and then it's the second time when I kind of like power through the you know the first like i don't know how long the movie was but the first like let's say 40 50 60 percent of the movie which is when it started getting started getting interesting in my view and then obviously the build-up towards like the last i mean i would say the last 20 minutes maybe yeah the last act basically Mm -hmm. was where it was a good movie but for me the last act being a very good movie or a very good sequence doesn't make up for the first half being not as good well i don't think first of all I, I personally, I think the second half of the movie is better than the first half, yes. And I think that's kind of, most of what I've seen, it's kind of like the universal agreement. Although I have a close friend who, and someone whose film opinion I, I respect, who prefers the first half to the second half, like he would would have preferred to, without giving anything away, to stay in the, the circus and kind of see what goes on, like the, the machinations that happen in, in, in the carnival and the circus and everything. But... um. I think to, to call the last 20 minutes or whatever just like a good sequence is doing the big disservice because it's a payoff. It, and it only works because those things have been laid. You can say, okay, maybe it takes too long to lay everything off in, at the beginning. Maybe uh, as a pacing issue or whatever. Uh, but you are seeing this kind of like, this is a story of, like an entire story of a man. Yeah. So it's not as if it's just like a combination of good scenes at the end. It's, it's a payoff of things that have been laid before. And I I think even like you might even is a movie that might even benefit rewatching because you know how it's going to end. You're right. I didn't think about that actually. Maybe it's uh, yeah. I would uh, have to think about that more. Yeah. Yeah, it's a movie that because you know how it's going to end. So all those other things happen at the beginning yeah. kind of kind of make sense. And yeah, they might. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I just I agree. 
And again, apart from even just the last scene, there's the things that happen with Kate Blanchett's character. You're like, okay, wait, how would I have exactly? Um, so yeah, 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 I don't yeah, like yeah. this movie. Might be my top ten of the year. I don't know when I eventually do it, but like, it's not. Oh, I like this movie. Right, I I definitely enjoyed this movie. Yeah. I think I also think like the general critical consensus is that like this is a good movie. This is not like an absolute masterpiece. Like again, we don't. Yeah. How many how many times do we get absolute masterpieces? How many times do you get exactly exactly? Yeah, so like wait, it's a good movie. I, I think. That's almost the dark night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think like maybe no one is doing like is at the peak of their powers, but they are all like doing very very good work. Okay. Like, it would be Guillermo's best movie ever. It would be Kid Blanchard's best performance. Like, it would be Balikba's. Although he's he's very good in that last scene. That last scene, like, you can see everything in his face. And like, oh, wow, this is... Yeah. So, it's definitely a movie I do not, like... I do not regret watching. I enjoyed the movie a lot. Like, I think if you have the patience for that first half... Or maybe you, if you're like my friend who loves that first half, then maybe the second half is a bit distracting for you because you want to stay with the carnivals and be in their weird mind. Yeah. I enjoyed the movie. And, like, I think we were obviously talking about Burnt of Air. This is not burnt, but in the sense that, like, even if you're getting bored, for me at least, even if you're getting bored in the movie in the first half, like, just watching Bradley Cooper on, on screen is like, okay, I'm invested. It's like, with, with burnt, like, even when the movie is not good, like, it's like, I like what you're doing and I want to follow this this particular character. Yeah. Um. Quickly, though, so, Nightmare Alley or, or Don't Look Up? Nightmare Alley, you know, that's not even like... <laughs> um, interestingly, Leo was meant to play this part. Thank God he stayed away. Wait, why did you say so? Because I don't know. It's not every time Leo, unless somebody else do it. Huh? <laughs> I don't. I don't even know if I would have liked Leo in this role. Really? I mean, it's Leo. Leo would never be bad. Yeah. But like, I think, and maybe it's just because rewatching Leo for the Leo episode we did. Like, a lot of his movies have been a lot like manic and high energy, and like. Bradley Cooper's character in this movie doesn't doesn't speak for like the first ten minutes, mm. like he's very kind of low key and yeah, reserved. And yeah. I don't can't remember the last time I've seen Leo. Maybe Inception. I can't remember the last time I've seen Leo like that kind of reserved. He wasn't low key reserved in Inception, was he? I mean, maybe not. No, not even like maybe for the first half when he was trying to put uh, the team together. Yes, yes, like yes, you, yeah. you get what I mean. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't remember the last time I've seen Leo that was not yeah. manic and up to a high level. Yeah, so I really liked K. Blanchett in this movie, and I felt that like. If um if someone like Leo was in it, I feel like I would have appreciated her performance more just because I would, I would just have been had my eyes drawn to Leo. He does that for me in movies a lot when I just kind of I'm just looking at Leo. Ever since I saw, I saw Django, anytime Leo is in the movie, I'm just like looking at him and being sounds like, like oh, family, yeah, do you know do you know what that sounds like? What that sounds like love, bro. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like sounds like true love. Um, true I mean, I would I won't be grudgy because that's that's kind of how I feel for for, for Bradley Cooper. Um, Bradley? I remember when. Yeah. So when Ibuka is a Bradley Cooper novice, and like so, obviously he was meant to be an episode. So he went to start doing like a Bradley Cooper deep dive, and then when he watched this movie, he sends me a voice note, and in that it includes like, I didn't know Bradley Cooper could act. <laughs> so I'm, like, I'm like, okay, welcome to the team. Um, but yeah, no, I, I enjoyed this movie, and I think I'll definitely like. Don't go in with too much expectations, but know what you're going in for. Like, know that there's a lot of character development with hopefully and a worthwhile payoff in the end. So I'll definitely suggest anyone to watch it. Okay, so on this podcast, family, I've spoken about how I really like stories about ambition. So like, for example, Whiplash or Tick, Tick, Boom or things like that. I empathize with those characters because they're 
they are willing to do everything and anything to, to, to achieve their ambition, right? Or to, to, to fulfill their dream. And then I was thinking you have stories where like ambition kind of in a Venn diagram, which are kind of like meets with a bit of like greed. Although sometimes like harmless greed or victimless greed. So we're, we're talking about like usually um, con man stories. So we're thinking of like Catch Me If You Can and maybe everything Neil Caffrey did towards the end of a, a white collar season. Like those kind of things where like, the like for example, Catherine Fikan, who's the villain there? Who's the victim there? The American government? Okay. Um <laughs> Oh, banks? Okay. So first of all, my question is like, are you like me? Do you empathize with the, with these characters or even like root for them? Especially the first ones who are just like, I will burn down everything in my in my life to achieve this goal. Like like Miles Teller is like, I don't care about the girlfriend. I want to be a jazz drummer in Whiplash. Like, I do you empathize with those characters? I mean, I don't know if empathize is the right word. Kind of how I am is more like, oh, shit, what you're doing is cool. And it's, you know, brave and it's impressive, but it can't be me. Ah. Uh, yeah, that, that's kind of how I, you know, it is. I'm like, it can be me. And I, want, I would be okay with it being me. can't be me, yeah. <laughs> Why can't it be you? Ah. Ah. No, no. <laughs> God, well, okay. Let's use Whiplash, for instance, because I come back to yeah. that final nine minutes of the movie. There's a YouTube video that has just that those last nine minutes. Mm-hmm. And I watch it over and over and over and over and over again. That, I, that is pushing yourself to saying, like, almost I don't exist as a human being just as my art form. And while that's respectable, I just don't believe that, like, you're not supposed to have a life. No, that's, that's, I don't think that's the human experience, and it can't be me. Fair enough. Anyway, that's that's a whole different podcast we can do one day when we finally revisit Webplash. But like speaking of like it can be me, quote unquote. We're gonna have slight spoilers now. And then if you don't want to hear it, please click on the time code in the description and it will take you to the next segment. Um the reason I bring up this is because I was thinking while watching this movie about like a third layer that came to mind when I was watching this movie, and I think it's like I know for me, it's like, a, it's a layer I very rarely, if ever, support. <laughs> I couldn't think of a better term. I just call it, like, the foolish, stroke, destructive greed. Uh-huh. So it's like when a character like Stan Carlyle does, when he starts making, like, objectively foolish decisions to, like, further the ambition. Yeah. So, like, you, as, as an audience member, are you... I, can't, I don't want to use Wolf of Wall Street, because Wolf of Wall Street, there is, a, there is a victim, and the victim is obviously people, like, normal people, so I don't want to use that. But, like, are you, as an audience member, are you like, yeah, I'm hoping you pull it off? Or are you like, are you watching like from behind your couch, like, this is going to be a car crash and I do not want to see it? Like, how are you as an audience member watching oh, those kind of sequences? That's a good question. I, I think, honestly, it depends on my empathy for the character because there are some instances where I'm like, oh, dude, fuck you. I can't wait for to see you go down. Like, there's this movie. Oh, I always forget the name. Okay, I'm going to Google this one. Um, it's by um, Lars von Trier. Do you know the the director? The, the, yeah, Dennis. I don't know. I don't know the movie. Yeah, um, I know him, but I don't know the movie. Yeah, he 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 makes a lot of like messed up movies. I think he might even gotten like Academy Award nomination. The House That Jack Builds. Thank you. It's about basically a very messed up. Um, it was a serial killer, messed up man, and he's doing bad things. And obviously, serial killing and like bank robbing or different things but you know in that instance like that's a character that like i couldn't empathize with i couldn't sympathize with and i was like dude you need to get caught and i don't want to go into the spoilers of the or how the movie ends because i mean it's also open to interpretation but there are also some characters like catch me if you can where granted the the victim wasn't an individual so i couldn't really like 
I just saw it as him cheating the system, which shout out to you, yeah. power to you. But mm-hmm. you know, it, it depends on I think the the how you feel about the character. You know, if it's a character where you can empathize with, then sometimes you're more like, oh, I you know, I want you to succeed, even though what you're doing is wrong. Yeah. But if the character has messed up, like Ramsey Bolton or something, then yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I wasn't. I, I don't mean. I don't mean villains. I don't mean. I mean. <laughs> Hey, Ramsey wasn't a villain. It wasn't? Was he misunderstood? Was okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, did he kill his mom? Uh, he just wanted the love of his father. Did he kill like his was he his mom or his stepmom? No. Oh no, he was a bastard. So it was his dad, it was his dad's his wife and his... their and their kid. Fucking hell, man. Yeah. And his dad and everyone else. <laughs> no, but like, yeah, so I, I don't mean villains. I mean like kind of like people that are based as heroes or even anti-heroes, where you're like um, I understand that you like. For example, again, I said slight spoilers, but like Stan Carlyle in this movie, he's a con man, right? Up to a point, I'm like, I'm supporting him up to a point in time because it's just, it's okay, it's tomfoolery, it's conning, whatever. Yeah. But then when it gets to a point where you're like, now you're making the wrong, like you're making everyone has told you not to do this. Yeah. Like for example, in Heat, when when De Niro turns to go to the hotel, I'm like, what are you yeah. doing? Don't, don't do that. Go, go. <laughs> Go with the girl. But yeah, no, I was just thinking about that that thing, about how I know, like, I, I'm always up for, like, ambition. And, like, I'm like, whatever you have to do to achieve the ambition, go do it. But then when it comes to a sense of, like, just stupid greed and, yeah. and like, just things that don't make sense, I'm always like, why are you doing this? Yeah. But I was, I was something that came to my mind when I, was, when I was watching the movie. And I wanted to discuss that with you because, obviously, Stan Kyler makes choices that... He should not make, and that takes him into yeah terrible situation, which leads us to a very big spoiler. That I, we can't have this discussion without talking about it. So I'm going to give like five seconds, and then oh, sh- <laughs> shit. Okay, now for anyone who doesn't want to hear the big spoiler, please skip to the next part of the of the discussion. And if you want to move, you don't care, you can listen. So. Pam, should we talk about the end? Just quickly. Let's give it yeah, yeah, five minutes on the end. I don't want to... Let's leave the actual ending later. Let's actually start from, I guess... When I said half an hour, I meant from, so from the moment when he's trying to do the whole materialization with Rooney Mara and Richard Jenkins. Yeah, yeah. And then you're like, the yeah. movie has kicked into an extra gear that you didn't know you had. Yeah. And at that moment, I thought, oh, this guy is dying. Like, I was <laughs> this, guy, this movie is going to end with Bradley Cooper dying. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, and I think it just like it gets actiony. Guillermo del Toro uses all the like horror techniques or whatever that he uses. Like, um, Holt McLaren's body is, is left like like paper mache when when the car runs over him. It's just it's yeah. actually kind of almost beautiful to watch. And then obviously the tell me what your feelings are. Tell me what your feelings were when when obviously Kate Blanchett does what she does. I mean, she did warn him. She did warn him. So like. I can't even be salty. Everyone warned him. Like, yeah, everyone warned him. It's the kind of thing where, like, you can't even, like... Obviously, you don't want that to happen to the character because it's, like, that's just the fall from grace. But, like, isn't there some instances when the character is trying to do something great or messed up, but they just don't mm. know what the possible outcomes could be? And there's another one when everyone has told you, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, <laughs> and you're going to do it. 
you know so like i, I can't which I is can't what i meant around. about like he only does it because of his greed like like exactly, don't exactly, do this you already have exactly. enough money you do not need to yeah, do this. exactly it was an ego thing and it was like dancing with the devil playing with fire all these other analogies and um, flying yeah, too close to the sun yeah flying too close to the goddamn sun his wings got burnt the, the hell out yeah and i i have to be honest i like i didn't see it coming Really? I don't know. I did. I didn't see the the twist coming. I don't know if I was watching the movie in a weird way. But I just I didn't. Yeah, but, but I didn't see the betrayal coming. Time this. Oh, the betrayal. Oh, well. Wait, what do you yeah. think I meant? Like him, the end of him being like a destitute and shit. Oh, that part. We we'll get to that part. I didn't see that part coming either. Oh, but um, no. But I didn't see the betrayal coming. I thought I still thought he was gonna die. No. <laughs> I thought like the police were gonna catch him and gonna shoot him. I thought this movie was gonna end with him dying. So I didn't actually see the the betrayal coming. Which I don't know. Maybe I maybe I was. Being dumb, or maybe it was just done very well. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and obviously that leads into this kind of whole run and everything, and he ends up being becoming. We should have, we should obviously say that she started this by making him drink and making him an alcoholic again, or yeah. basically relapsing. Yeah. So it was all part of her plan, and then. So at what point? You obviously alluded to this earlier, but at what point did you realize that this movie was going to end with him becoming a geek? In like the first like few scenes. Why? Because the the whole. What was he doing at the beginning of the show? Was he not at the carnival watching a geek? Like, why would they spend that much time going into that thing? It just seemed like when he was getting into the carnival, um, when he was first getting into the carnival, he was rising through the ranks, you know, mm-hmm. up to the point where he could leave and do his own thing. And mm-hmm. this is, you know, Del Toro. He wrote The Strain, you know. If you read that book, then you understand maybe why, where I'm coming from. But, you know, it got to the point the strain where... In, is that a novel? It's a trilogy. Oh, that's the first book in a trilogy, but it was made into a TV show that I really liked. Um, well, by, like vampires. Like, by Guillermo. Well, he didn't. I don't think he was involved with the show, but he wrote the books. Oh, wow. I didn't, I didn't yeah. know he was an author. Yeah, yeah. He'd written a couple of books, maybe like six or seven, maybe. Even. Oh. But yeah, my, my point was that, like, it's like you start off by introducing this epitome of what the lowest you can get for someone in his mm-hmm. line of work. Mm-hmm. And he spent so much time looking at this character, like, looking at the geek before and like you know they going into when um what's his name william defoe's character goes into like how you make a geek all that kind of thing it's just it's too much information about this one thing that doesn't i just thought it was world building no well yeah it is world building because it that's where it's going to come back to like literally like a few minutes in i was like yeah this house is going to end oh well i found out maybe two hours later than you (laughs) because it was it was when uh, the new carnival boss basically calls him back in. Yeah. And it's like, oh, wait, come, like, carnival, canny to carny. I'm like, oh, yeah. I think I literally audibly said, oh, no, in this in the theater. Yeah. And it, it's just obviously so painful. And like, again, we said that this is like top notch work from Bradley Cooper. But it's painful because he knows what's happening. He knows what's been done to him. And he's like, he's still drinking yeah. and he's laughing. And he's like, yeah. and I just, I, again, which is why I said I like the film because it, it, this kind of is a very cyclical film in the sense that like the movie i think we just watched maybe 20 half hours of him ending up where he started yeah like i think if he doesn't follow the major at the beginning of the film into the circus i think he ends up being a geek anyways really why would you say that i think he falls because he's an alcoholic i think he falls into drinking mm. i think he was in, he was going into like a cafe or a pub or something when he meets the major mm. but i think eventually he ends up drinking he ends up becoming an alcoholic a carnival somewhere or a circus somewhere will find him and, and make him a geek. And like, mm. So I think he ends up where he was always going to end up. It's just very like, 
But was he an alcoholic before, like, all that? I thought it was the is everything that made him an alcoholic. No, no, no. So, like, he said it now because his dad was an alcoholic, which is why he oh, didn't drink. I forgot about that. His dad yeah. was an alcoholic. So, I don't, I don't think they say if he has had experience with alcohol, but he clearly didn't, like, he hated alcohol enough to not, obviously, Pete, mm. his other father figure was an alcoholic. Yeah. My reading of it was that after he, because Kate Blanchett drinks, doesn't she, and then they kiss. And then he drinks. So my reading of it was like it was like tasting it from Kate Blanchett's mouth that made him kind of go back. So basically like a relapse. And then from then obviously you can see that he's not he's not thinking. So I think he was always an alcoholic, but just he wasn't drinking. And then he's so I think he was always gonna end up being a geek. I think it's weird because the movie is kind of sad. It's very sad because the movie diverts. He goes on this like incredible high. He's quite rich, he's quite successful, and then somehow he just ends up back at the lowest of lows as you described it. Described it. So that was just yeah, when I saw the end happening, I was like, this is actually very good. Yeah. But yeah, um, I like this movie. I think you you obviously had lots of expectations watching this movie. So like, yeah, yeah. it's obviously not Guillermo's best work, even though I think it's yeah. like his last work. Yeah. Uh, it's not his best work. So like, if you're expecting kind of like Pan's Lambert, yeah. obviously you're disappointed. But I think someone like, someone like Ibuka, like Ibuka thought it was a monster movie going in. Like, I heard the story of someone oh. thought it was a werewolf movie. So I think when you go there, you... When you have an expectation, you can be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree. What changed it for me was the point you made about, like, the later half only, like, paying off due to the work we put in on the first half. Because I didn't yeah. think about that. I was just like, oh, this is boring. But the, maybe the only reason I was able to enjoy the later half was because I had, like, enough of an understanding of all the things that led to the later half. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, and then everyone is good. Like I said, I don't think anyone's the best they've ever been mm. probably Bradley Cooper in that one scene but everyone's like Kate Blanchett looks incredible she's apparently it's a black and white version of this film and I would love to yeah. see her in that because oh my god like the way she's shot with the cigarettes and the lighting and like her blonde hair she looks so, she looks like she should have been acting in the 50s like she looks so yeah. good in this but let's go into ranking Bradley Cooper shall we yeah. or do you have any final thoughts on, the, on Nightmare Alley what Shape of Water is an amazing movie. That's my final thought on Nightmare. Oh my god! I'm sorry. Can I, I should, actually? I should, I should actually just shout out like the craftspeople in this movie because you're obviously someone that loves cinematography. Yeah. And I think that is very good in this movie. The production design is very good in this movie. Like yeah. everything looks incredible. Like it's meant to be where it is. Like the tapes in Kate Blanchett's office and Lilith's office, just incredible. The hair, the makeup, costume, everything is quite good in this movie. Yeah. Watch. And anyway, I think if you listen to this, then you probably watch it because this is the spoiler section. But anyway, join us in a second. We'll be talking about Bradley Cooper's career. Okay, we're back. And for anyone who's listened to like, our Leo episode, you know how this goes. Obviously, the Leo episode had a caveat that we're looking at Oscar movies that he should have won the Oscar for. This doesn't really have that caveat. We're just giving our three best Bradley Cooper performances. So, Pam, do you want to go first? So, I'm going to start with all my seven honorable mentions. <laughs> Because what? <laughs> okay, okay. Shit. Was he in um Anchorman? You know that the fight scene in Anchorman the, too. Was he in? The, the cam- I, he might have had it. I don't think he had a cameo in that. I I don't know was why. That be- I, no, it wasn't. But it's just like it's something that just occurred to me right now. Because no, my first um the, the my third item on the list starts with A. And then I'm just like, wait, Anchorman, we're seeing that. That that seems like the kind of thing he should have been there. Your third stuff there, starts with A. Fami, yes. do not, do not, do not give me a heart attack, yeah. Fami. What are you about yeah, to do? You know, you know, do you know what it is? Why oh, don't you say it? My lord, Fami, this, this is it? number three. Oh, wait, okay, okay. Yeah, Actually, three. no, sorry. I, I think I know. Okay, 
There are more options. I was thinking of something else, but maybe there are more options. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, my number three is American Hustle. Sifini. It's, uh, wait, before, before I go any further into this, which is going to be Sifini? Um, because if you argue with that, go message me on Twitter. I'll respond, I swear. Um, are we ranking performances or movies? Performances. Oh, that changes things, but it's not going to change anything. Uh, my third is American Hustle. Um, I'm a huge fucking, what's his name? David Russell. No, Christian Bale. Ah, thank God. No, thank God. Because <laughs> I'm glad that was not who you said you're a big fan of. Okay, okay. No. I'm a fan of the, the greatest Batman. Well, he will soon be the second greatest Batman to ever grace our screens. Wow. Robert Pattinson like yeah. that. You have Robert Pattinson is going to pull it off. Yep. In yep. one movie, he's going to become the best? Hmm. Well, not the best Batman, but the best Batman performance. Whatever. I know you you, you don't... you don't. You, I can see your disapproving look on, you, on your face, but I don't give a shit. No, I'm just surprised Anyways. that you're... I'm just surprised that you're calling your shot so early. Like, as well. As well. And then what's, what's, life, what's life without a little risk? <laughs> Part of it is me being hopeful because I've been spurned one too many times in the past. Anyway, go ahead. I don't know what the hell Ben Affleck was doing, but... <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, American um, hustle. hustle is just, to me, a very amazing uh, movie. The, you know, that that line of black comedies, you know, mm. they can they can be very hit or miss, but when they hit, to me, it's like, I have a bias because I just feel like they're just really good. And the individual performance is taking a step back from just Bradley Cooper. I felt like, was it Amy Adams or Isla Fisher? And Amy Adams. I met <laughs> yeah, Amy Adams and, um, and um, Batman. They were Christian amazing. Those. Yeah. Batman, I, I said his name. They were amazing. <laughs> and let's not forget that you also had fucking Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. You had... I mean, Louis C.K., but you had Jeremy Renner. I'm sure the mm-hmm. other people are missing. Mm-hmm. I think De Niro was there for a second. Yeah, for right? like a cameo, basically, yeah. 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 So, yeah, it was, uh, he sold the show, by the way. But. Yeah, I think that was his second Oscar nomination, just after, like, Silver Line Spirit. His hair, his hair deserves an Oscar nomination in that movie. <laughs> You're going to give me the Sherman suite, the whole floor. That's a no. I said no, wacko. Jesus. And you're going to tell me the point of that fucking fishing story. Not the way you're behaving. What's the matter with you? Where are you right now? I, what does that make a difference? Just tell me where the fuck you are. So I'm a field office on 61st Street. I'm coming to 61st Street right now. You're going to do what? To beat your ass. Okay. My, actually, before I even go into my number three, I know we usually do shout outs at the end, but I need to say this here because yeah. if I don't say it here, my list will not make any sense. If you say Aloha, I will scream. <laughs> I will yeah, scream. it's the one-two punch of Aloha and Burnt. Um, nah, so I need to say what? that... <laughs> no, I'm joking, come on. Um, so, American Sniper should be on this list. Right, because that was the mm, first time... I see what you mean. That was the first time I was like, oh, you're going to win an Oscar one day, aren't you? Like, Because he's doing the Oscar thing, right? He's doing the adding weight, changing your voice, all that. I was like, oh, you're going to yeah. win an Oscar. He's doing a good performance. But... The politics or the perception of that movie means that I've avoided yeah. revisiting it in the last eight years or whatever. So I can't put it on my list, but I think it deserves a shout out. Um, plus, also, one of his best pieces of film acting is in that movie when he's talking to Sienna Miller, his wife, and he's meant to be holding this baby, but it's a doll because Clint Eastwood didn't want to use a real baby. So, like, Bradley has to, like, while acting, has to keep on, like, lifting the doll's hand to make it feel like it's a, it's a real baby. Uh-huh. And Please, anyone, just just look for this on YouTube because it's so hilarious, but also 
impeccable acting. It's just like, what is going on? What are you guys doing? Why are you guys using a door? So my number three. I did not watch that movie. Oh, really? Military Industrial Complex, frankly. <laughs> For, I'm not, one, I mean, sometimes I watch them, but like that one was just too on the nose. Um, so my number three, I'm, in this one, I'm going to go Ibuka's Root from the Leo episode. And it was between Limitless and Hangover. And I... For second. For my number, number three. three, yes. Oh. And I might be wrong. We'll, see, we'll find out if I'm wrong, but I went with what I felt like I knew about you as a person. Mm-hmm. And I felt like Hangover would be on your list. Okay. So I my number three is Limitless. Yeah. Um, I think Limitless is like his first true movie star performance. Mm-hmm. When he just gets in and he just drives the movie and he just... Only certain movie stars in the last maybe 20, 20 years, 20, 25 years are like, they just come to this kind of like mid-budget action movie and just make them like memorable and profitable. Like the top of them were like Denzel and Will Smith in, in the early 2000s and all that. But like... Mm-hmm. I think when he does it here, it's like, yeah, 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 Hollywood, like, take me seriously. I'm a movie star. I'm not just the guy in Hangover. I'm actually a movie star. Like, I think it's a very fun performance he gives in Limitless. It's a fun movie. Yeah. And, like, yeah, I think he does a lot in the movie. You buy him at every stage. You buy him as the struggling writer. You buy him as, like, the guy on NZT. You, you buy him at the end as, as the guy that's running for, for, was he senator or governor? I can't remember. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then he managed to go toe-to-toe with De Niro in the movie. That's the first time him and De Niro worked together. Well, on it or off it, there's no scenario where you're not working for me. How are you going to pay me? In cigarettes? Last year, you traded inside information 17 times. Blank checks from Dubai, dumping in Chile, disappeared officials. I mean, you shed a spotlight. You want to go to war with me? And trust me when I say this, I'm not even being creative. There's no way you can be making accusations like that and be walking around alive. But you would even think that shows me how unprepared you are to fight me. So... Yeah, Limitless is my number three. I think it's a very underrated, very good action movie. And it made money. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, yeah, my number three is Limitless. Was that an action movie? Yeah, I mean... That was more like thriller. Yeah, action thriller, I guess. It's not like it's not a drama. It's an action thriller, but there's, there's a bit of action. Right. I mean, it's not like... It's not John Wick. <laughs> so, yeah, I think like action thriller. So, yeah, that was... it's. The second of my honorable mention uh, list. It's not on my actual list. Limitless. Mm. It's a very good movie. I uh, I saw it. I don't remember when it came out, but I remember seeing it and liking it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a good. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. That's all I think I have to say on that one. I no no faults there. No judgments. You're no longer equipped to I fight off, me. You think I didn't learn anything? That my synapses didn't change? That I kept absolutely nothing? You have no idea what kind of enemy I. That van's gonna rear in that taxi. What? The driver's distracted. He's texting. He's going 30 miles an hour. He's 60 feet to stop. He doesn't have room. What the? I see everything, Carl. I'm 50 moves ahead of you and everybody else. What makes you think I don't have a guy with a beat on you right now? How do you know you're going to be alive this time next year? What are you doing? Something's pumping a half mass in there. Walls of your heart are dilated. Aortic valve stenosis. You're going to need to get that replaced. But you already knew that. You know, you should really be glad about this. Because me working for you, you'd end up as my bitch. What's your number two? My number two is one that... (laughs) I feel bad putting it on my number two because I felt like I should have moved American Hustle to my number two and my honorable mention should have replaced this. But it's 
I saw it recently, so it's just in my head. Yeah. And it was just a good performance. And my number two is A Star is Born. Um, yeah, I... You're going to put A Star is Born as you... Anyway, continue. <laughs> continue. I'm never going to say anything. Continue. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand. I understand. I understand where this is going to come from. But it's just... I just felt like when I watched it again... Can, can, we, can we talk about spoilers yeah, here? Yeah, yeah. When I think about how the end and the death of the character were done, it's just... I can think of few moments and like you know movies I've watched recently that I'm just sorry. Kind of I'm sorry. <laughs> I just flippantly said yeah to spoilers, not knowing that you're gonna drop like the biggest spoiler ever. <laughs> oh well, yeah. Like I mean, we're talking about no, anyone that has not seen the Star is Born at this point, like that's that's your that's your I fault. Mean, you can cut it out, and I can give it. I would not. Take. I would, uh, I'm leaving it in. That's your fault if you don't know the spoiler right. to Star is Born. Like, <laughs> spoiler alert. Look. Talent comes everywhere. Everybody's talented, but you fucking everybody in this bar is talented in one thing or another. But having something to say and a way to say it so people listen to it, that's a whole other bag. And unless you get out there and you try to do it, you'll never know. That's just the truth. If there's one reason we're supposed to be here is to say something so people want to hear it. Don't you understand what I'm trying to tell you? Yeah, I do. I don't like it, but I understand it. Oh, I think you like it a little bit. I think I'm getting through a little bit. I can see it. I can't. It's a good thing we met. Uh, yeah, I I can under I will take any slack for people saying this movie should not be on my list, but it they doesn't affect me. They are, they are objectively mad for saying that, but I'm not. Let's look. Yeah, it's um, and it's you know one of these movies that actually well, I, apparently I thought Beyonce was supposed to star in it, but yeah, um, the movie took like various various turns like, there was a point uh clint eastwood was meant to direct with bradley starring and beyonce yeah then i can't remember who else was there but then it became bradley directing and then obviously i think bradley acting and beyonce then and then bradley acting bradley directing and lady gaga so like the movie that has been going on because this movie was in development before american sniper oh wow so like so bradley is talking to clint about being in a star is born and then Steven Spielberg drops out of American Sniper. Yeah. And Bradley's producing American Sniper. So he calls Clint Eastwood to direct American Sniper. So, like, it's this movie was a, it took a lot of turns. It took a lot of turns. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, it, I liked it so much. I went back to watch the Barbara Streisand version. You know, it's, mm. uh, I prefer this one, but, and uh, yeah. yeah. Usually I'm not the biggest musical person. I don't know when it happened. I just found myself skipping through the musical parts of musical movies. I like the movie, but I just skipped through the part when they were singing. Oh, Jesus. I'm like, I had enough of this. But um, yeah, it was just a, such a good movie. Shout out to Lady Gaga. I don't know what she was doing in House of Gucci, but she brought her A game here. She was having Shout incredible fun House of Gucci. <laughs> Jared Leto. <laughs> Hot mess. Yeah, because you were going, what were you going in for? You're going in looking for like, Goodfellas. It's not Goodfellas. It's, I was. I wasn't <laughs> looking for Goodfellas. I was there to see the greatest actor of this generation bring out his fucking talents, Adam Driver. I was. That you was think what he I was did there it? for. Well, <laughs> do you think he did? <laughs> I think Adam Driver was quite. I don't think Adam Driver has ever been bad. Man, that's just biased. Okay, okay, okay. I'll be honest. I've only seen it once, and I'm unable to separate the individual performances from the movie at a whole with the exception of the very bad performances. So it's possible I didn't see what he was doing. Fami, Fami, there's no bad performance in that movie. Franco, are you serious? Fami, open your heart to fun and enjoyment. 
But are you serious? You have to go what in for the camp. What was Jared Leto doing? Fam, Jared Leto was having a great time and you should too, Afa. What was Jared Leto I know if Leto you're, if you're judging the movie by modern standards of cinema acting and whatever and whatever, yeah, maybe it's a bad performance. But if you're going in looking for just a great time and fun, fam, I mean, nobody's having nobody's having a bad performance in that movie. Everybody's having a great time. You know what? I actually agree with you because I've always believed that Catwoman by Halle Berry was one of the best movies of all time. Okay, well, let's let's move on. She was having a good time. That basketball scene was amazing. Was <laughs> that's like... different. No, that's <laughs> different, different between that is that in Catwoman, they're trying to be, they're trying to play it straight and it just comes up bad. I believe in House of Gucci, everybody knows what they are doing. I don't believe that. Like, really, Scott literally brought out the last duel like a month or so before. Like, he knew what he was doing when making House of Gucci. Like, people knew what they were doing. You're not Jared Leto and you walk into that set and Adam Driver is playing um, his character so straight and then you're doing that accent and not like... <laughs> somebody would have called him aside. I'm like, if, if they didn't know what they were doing, someone would have called him aside. I'm like, bro, are we sure we want to do this? So, <laughs> this I, direction I think if you... If you it's, it's the same thing with Venom, right? I'm not a fan of Venom, but I know that... Or the, the Venom franchise. Well, I know that like, they are not, it's not, they're not making bad movies. It's not a mistake. Like, they know what they're doing. Yeah. They're making the movie they want to make. So, I think if you go in with that, like, House of Gucci, like, everybody there is doing what they want to do and what they need to do. I think you have, a, you have a great time. I think that you have a dissociation, like, some dissociation with Adam Driver and bad performances that your brain has created this scenario where that's a good movie. And I'm sorry. It's okay, brother. I believe in you. You, you beat it. My number two is one of the biggest treasures of my life, one of the biggest gems I've had in the last 10 years. Um, I think I watched American Hustle before I watched this movie, so it was kind of a trip. But my number two is Silver Linings Playbook. Yeah, that's a good one. I just can't believe Nikki's teaching that book to the kids. I mean, it's the whole time. Let me just break it down for you. The whole time you're rooting for this Hemingway guy to survive the war and to be with the woman that he loves, Catherine Barkley. It's four o'clock in the morning, Pat. And he does. He does. He survives the war. After getting blown up, he survives it, and he escapes to Switzerland with Catherine. But now Catherine's pregnant. Isn't that wonderful? She's pregnant. And they escape up into the mountains, and they're going to be happy, and they're going to be drinking wine, and they dance. They both like to dance with each other. There's scenes of them dancing, which was boring, but I liked it because they were happy. You think he ends it there? No. He writes another ending. She dies, Dad. I mean, the world's hard enough as it is, guys. It's fucking hard enough as it is. Can't somebody say, hey, let's be positive. Let's have a good ending to the story. Pat, you owe us an apology. Mom, I, for, I can't apologize. I'm not gonna apologize for this. You know what I will do? I will apologize on behalf of Ernest Hemingway because that's who's to blame here. Yeah, have Ernest Hemingway call us and apologize to us too. I love this movie, man. I rewatched it an amazing movie. recently for probably the first time in a couple of years. And I think it still holds up so well. I think I saw American Hustle first. So I'd seen Bradley, obviously, and Jen in Jennifer Lawrence in that. Then I went back to Silver Lines yeah. and I watched it. I was like, oh, this is, this is beautiful. Yeah. It was the first time I remember watching a depiction of like mental illness on screen. Yeah. Right. And yeah, I was, this was what, 10 what? years? You didn't see my mental back then? Actually, I don't think I'd see Memento when I when I watched this movie. The cool who flew too who flew too close to the cuckoo nest. What? The one who flew. You know what I'm talking about. The one who flew over the cuckoo's nest. 
Thank you. You know what I'm talking about. Just putting new. No, but I don't think I've seen any of those movies by the time I saw Super Mario's Playbook. And I was, this was 10 years ago, so I was was a child. What did I know about mental illness at that point? And it obviously hit me. And I remember like a few years ago, I I had to go back and do some research. I'm like, basically, this is not what I said, but basically like, is Silver Linings Playbook good? (laughs) In terms of like, does it like, is it good to mental illness? Is it accurately depicting it? I I didn't want to like, I didn't want to like adore a movie that was and I would. I was happy because people in our society were like, "Oh yeah, no, this movie does it well," and things like that. So I was happy about that. Yeah. Between Limitless and this, you can feel like he's growing into himself as a movie star, as a leading man, and he's yeah. doing what needs to be done. Like he's comfortable. Yeah. He's going back and forth with with like Oscar nominees and yeah. I really like Superlander's playbook. I pe- was that when you fell in love with J Lo? Yeah, my love for Jennifer Lawrence is well documented because like <laughs> I. I just, I, I really just loved her. It was her talent because I went to an American house and I was like, what is going on here? What is she doing? Yeah. What is this? This is incredible. Then I went back to Silver Lens and I was like, oh my God, you are very good. And you're like yeah. four years older than me. Yeah. So, um, anyway, Bradley is someone that I'd been, like I'd seen him in all these little rom-coms growing up and I was like, yeah. and this is why, which is why I was made to joke about falling in love with him because like you see that face and you're like, you remember that face the next time you see him in a new movie. I'm like, yeah. And it's when people say somebody has eight. I was like, oh, I, I care what that actor is doing. I want to see what that actor is doing. So yeah. I'm not going to watch A-Team and I, I cared more about yeah. him than I did about Liam Neeson. Right. And, <laughs> and, True. Because he was the lovable character. Yeah, because growing up, I'd watch the A-Team TV show on, yeah. on, on DSTV. And so, yeah, I used to watch lots of TV shows on, on DSTV. Like, we're all TV nerd. shows. <laughs> yes. Um, so, I, so I went to watch the movie. I, I was like, this is, who, is, who is this guy playing face? And it was Bradley Cooper, and it was like then, and obviously limitless. So anyway, yeah, my number two is a Silver Linings Playbook. What's your number one? <laughs> silver Linings Playbook, yeah. Really? And for, yeah. So, so Hangover doesn't make your number, your top three. Hangover is my honorable mention. Honorable mention. I uh, just, I, I, I felt like I, I don't know. It's, it's, it should have been there, but I couldn't. I could make a justification for all the other movies being there. Mm. Maybe with the exception of A Star is Born, but I feel like that would have been like a bias and an injustice to remove, yeah. to put American Hustle second and put Hangover third. Yeah. I think Hangover is more of, it's more of the, the movie than the performance. Yeah. And also what the movie does for his career. The movie makes him a star. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. Sorry. Say what you want to say about Silver Linings. Everything you said, yeah. copy and paste. <laughs> That's how I feel about that movie, except with my obsession of J-Law. Just leave me alone! Wait a second! I have one more letter for you to read, okay? What the fuck is the matter with you? Give it to her yourself! Let me say something. You don't ever have to see me again if you just read it, all right? This is so fucked up. Yeah, just read it. Dear Tiffany, I know you wrote the letter. The only way you can meet my crazy crazy was by doing something crazy yourself. Thank you. I love you. I knew it the minute I met you. I'm sorry it took so long for me to catch up. I just got stuck. Pat. I wrote that a week ago. You wrote that a week ago? Yes, I did. You let me lie to you for a week? I was trying to be romantic. You love me? Yeah, I do. Yeah, that movie was that movie was really good. I, I I don't think I don't even remember how I stumbled across it, but it was one of these things where I was just captivated the whole time. Mm-hmm. And Jennifer Lawrence performance was amazing. Yeah. It just didn't lead to an obsession because I didn't really like her as Mystique. I don't know. 
But yeah, it was a very good movie, good performances, good plot, good everything. Like the yeah. only thing I, I wish I could have I've, I've read, I should have read the book. So that's just the only thing I can say about that movie. Because yeah, I think I, I don't have. know. I feel like it's a very loose adaptation of the book. Oh, so it's no um, perks of being a wallflower. Is that is that your go to book to movie adaptation? The author refused to give up the rights because he was waiting for the right person, i.e., himself. To direct it yes that is what uh, you call okay, a fair. book to movie fair. i was gonna say i was gonna say jillian flynn for gone girl because she wrote the script but yeah yeah okay oh shit i didn't even think about that okay my number one i think i think this is bradley cooper's best performance i think it's his best movie so far mm-hmm. i think right now it's his like it's just their number one nothing else is close and i really love this man for you to Take over Silver Linings Playbook and understand how much yeah. I love this movie. Which yeah, is why I, I said... I'm waiting. Because there's only like two options. And I'm scared it's not one of those two. Well, I didn't want to say anything when you were talking about it. But this is why I said you should not defend yourself. Yeah. It's A Star is Born. Okay, good. A good. Star is Born is number one. I yeah. feel no need to defend my love for this movie. I feel no yeah. need to like argue with anyone who doesn't like this movie. Like, okay, that's fine. That's like literally I'm like, that's fine, that's your opinion, that's just go on. Yeah. I know what I love. Um <laughs> so I watched this movie. I watched this movie with my my ex, my girlfriend at the time. And I remember when we, when we finished the movie, she was like, ah, I didn't really like that. I was like, okay, that's that's fine. I loved it, but that's fine. And then like a week later, she was like, oh, I think I actually like it Star is born, you know. And then and then like two weeks later, she's like singing shallow. She's like, Oh, that was a really good movie. That was, I was really sad. And I was like, look at, look at you. Um, I yeah, I really I really like this movie. Where's his grave? He washed away in a fucking storm. I told you, but you were fucking drunk. You were fucking loaded. And already pissing yourself a swamp song. Fuck you shed a tear for that piece of shit you idolized for no goddamn fucking reason. All Dad ever did for you was make you his fucking drinking buddy. And he'd be right there with me with still love, and you fucking know it. What did you think? That I was gonna fucking take care of it? Well, I'm fucking cradling your ass all over the goddamn world. Yeah. It's a good excuse. Raising a little brother so you don't have to deal with the fact that you were no fucking good. I was no good when you steal my fucking voice. Huh? Could you have nothing to fucking say? I mean, look, it, it's right now it's the pinnacle of his career, right? Because he, yeah. he co-wrote it. He directed his director debut. He acted in it. He produced it. He got... He should have gone nomination for Best Director. I don't know what's going on there. But he got nominated for Best Picture, for Best Screenplay, for Best Actor. Like, it, he... He was proving to everyone, because this is what he wanted to do, is he was proving to everyone that he could do it, that he could direct this movie, yeah. because people thought he was, like, the guy in Hangover or the douchebag in Wedding Crashers. Like, he was proving yeah. that he could make this movie. Yeah. And he knocked out of the park. He, he learned to play the piano and play the guitar and sing and do all this stuff. And then he does all that. And then fucking... Rami Malek wins the best actor Oscar for Bohemian Rhapsody. Where he's lips exactly. Singing. And I was like, I'm like, Bro. I'm like, oh no. Oh no. That's my so pissed. I cannot believe Bradley Cooper lost this Oscar. I love Rami. No, okay. I like Rami Malek. 
I love his performance in Mr. Robot. Yeah. But I'm just like, no. This this had to be Bradley's Oscar. And like it's yeah. how do you lose someone that is lip syncing? Like, I'm just like, this is yeah. Last no, not last Christmas, 2020 Christmas. Because I was alone. I remember I watched I watched Soul, and then towards the end of Soul, I started kind of like just drinking alcohol because I was not not like not, not in a depressive way. That's that sounded quite that sounded quite quite dark. Well, I started just drinking, and then so and then I went from Soul to a Star Is Born. That was always the plan. So I'm quite like at the point when she's and Ali is coming out to sing Shallow for the first time. I'm at this point I'm quite like tipsy, and it was just incredible. Yeah, like because obviously that that scene's already electrifying just on its own. Yeah, and then and then obviously by the time by the time by the time Jackson is dying at the end of the film, you're uh, yeah my the alcohol spoilers. You already said it. But <laughs> uh, well, people skipped. I'm going imagine someone skipped it and then they're back here. And like, oh, fuck <laughs> it. Oh. But yeah, so like, it's like it's a very well-directed movie. The musical sequences are good. The yeah. songs are good. Like, And then like, it's, it's funny because Bradley is a recovering alcoholic. Mm. I think he's been sober since I think 05 or something. And it's like, and he was also born deaf. So like a lot of this character just feels like him. Yeah, it's just, I just love his star is born. I, I, I think... It's. I hope it's not, but it's very possible this would be like the best thing he ever does. Yeah. And if that's his, that's not a problem. Yeah. But yeah, I just I I love his Star is Born. I think this yeah, is like the, the the reason he didn't win that Oscar is very simple, and it's something I brought up the last time. It's the biopic problem. It wasn't Bradley Cooper versus Rami Malek. It was Bradley Cooper versus Freddie Mercury. Yeah. And I love that movie, but Freddie Mercury is winning that all day, every day. Mm. But yeah. Hmm. Do you like Bohemian Rhapsody, the movie? I mean, yes, but <laughs> I think it was very. I was very. I was very underwhelmed. Yeah, it's like I, I, I think it's a very safe movie. Yeah, yeah but well, how it's unsafe could it get? I mean, you can get into like the the nasty parts of like rock stars in the seventies and the eighties. Yeah, if you're doing a biopic of um, fuck, wasn't with the group again? Queen, Queen, like do it. Because like, I felt like the movie was always just safe. Like, the only was like, well, five minutes when, when they do this AIDS thing, mm. right? The one time that they, they're about to have, if I remember correctly, one time they're about to have like a setback yeah. in the music. They kind of do like a montage, and next thing you know, they're. It's <laughs> well. like, I want to feel the pain. I want to, like, anyway, but that's, that's a different, uh, yeah, that's a I different just. conversation, yeah. It's again, it's maybe the shape of water thing where I'm just like, there's a better movie here that you guys are not appreciating. Mm. And you guys are appreciating this one. Yeah. So, um,. Yeah, my number one is the Star is Born. Uh, what's your honorable mention? Okay, so obviously I've said American Sniper, and actually no, you you say your honorable mention. I've been talking for a while. Say so your honorable <laughs> my mention. My hangover. I, I I said it like oh, okay. My honorable. Well, actually, there was a movie I was hoping. Okay, so for your final movie, I was like, okay, the only things left could be American Hustle. Was that that was on your list, right? No. Um, the Star is Born, which I guess I thought you had said called earlier. And a place beyond the pines, and I was hoping it was the third because I want I wanted to fight you. What was that movie? It wasn't bad, but I don't understand it. Like, I got so dreams. I've watched it once, and yeah, you're right. It's it's not a bad movie. Yeah, it's obviously a movie about generational trauma and like fathers and sons and all that. Yeah, and like for example, oh, look, I apologize, but I can't talk about it without spoiling. So spoilers for Place Beyond the Pines. The spoiling, yeah. When um, when Gosling dies, yeah, I was like, "What the fuck?" Well, like twenty minutes into this movie, what's happening? This is the main yeah. character. 
So yes, <laughs> and it's like yeah, and Bradley was also very good in that, but I couldn't put that episode because I was like, I do not understand this movie to put it in here. But I, I felt like I was so dreams. What were you expecting? Ryan Gosling. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I'm not over that, Bancoli. It's been ten years, and I'm still not over that. I said, oh. "What was this? Ma- what happened here? A goddamn bait and switch." Oh, and it's so great how like mainly he, he kills him and then just basically takes over his role. It's just so funny. Man, I think uh, Gosling is like no, front and center in the poster, isn't he? Yeah. Yes, he is. Is Gosling, um, Mendes, and Cooper? Anyway, but yeah. Um, okay, my honorable mention is not really a movie. What is it? But I just feel like I want to shout out two things. So, there is, I think when he was doing The Elephant Man on Broadway, so this is like 2014, and this is the time I'm ever going to shout out Jimmy Fallon on this podcast. He went on the on Fallon show, The Tonight Show, and there's a segment where they're just laughing for 10 minutes straight because they couldn't like get through the interview. Mm-hmm. And it it was just funny. And endearing and like not fake at all because we all know how Jimmy Fallon's fake laughter is. <laughs> and it was like really good. And like they're just, they couldn't stop laughing. And like there's the extent of it is like, maybe I'll link it in the description on YouTube. Like mm-hmm. it was just very fun and wholesome. The second thing I want to shout out is every, Fami, every single one of his public performances of Shallow with Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. Every single one. I want to shout them out. <laughs> I think that's a good point for us to wrap it up. What do you think? Yeah, I think so too. I'm happy you were able to come and shit on the place beyond the pines. You seemed like you were a bit hesitant to talk about Bradley when I when I pitched the ideas. I'm happy that you came in with well, some, I mean, some verb. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go watch some of these movies. And then you like Ibuka, you realize that oh, Bradley can act. Bradley. So um, Man, I'm still you know, I still think Halle Berry's performance in Catwoman <laughs> is like one of the most underappreciated performances. Yeah, and I, on, on that note. On that note, and the only the only thing that tops it is what's her face crying that I'm sorry I'm gorgeous. I don't what's do no no no. Let's not. No, do I'm not doing that. Um, so because I don't know what the fuck was going on. So please, um, thank you to uh, obviously. My mom looks like you. <laughs> please, can we can we not? I don't I don't even want to unpack that. Like I'll just throw it away. Um, Are you not brave enough for this? Oh uh, no, no, I'm not. You're, you're pulling a Bohemian Rhapsody. You're not. You're not pushing <laughs> no, I'm sent. I'm, I'm cutting it out. No, I'm doing a quick quick montage. Oh uh, please, Jesus. Uh, uh, no. Yeah, thank you to obviously a friend of the podcast, Fami. Of course. Thank of you course. for coming on. If you haven't, if you enjoyed this and you haven't listened to it, please go back and listen to our Leo episode in which we talk about one of the greatest actors of his generation. Leo and Bradley are about the same age, actually. Um, mm. I will, you, you, won't, you can't tell with all the people Leo is dating, you know, because <laughs> he, 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 he do be liking them kids. You know? <laughs> um, um, 20, yes, 21, a quick shout out to obviously my co-host, Jibs. Um, <laughs> producer turned co-host turned invalid. Um, (laughs) shout out to obviously my social producer and you guys man shout out to everyone that's helped us with this podcast shout out to Mars Designs who helps us with this poster shout out to Moti who helps us with with additional production and the theme and all that rubbish so thank you to everybody who helps with this podcast thank you to listeners thank you to guests join us next week when we'll be joined by the incredible Daniel Kalia bye guys Father, Son, and House of Gucci.